Welcome to the Dr. Pascal Podcast. Dr. Pascal Nguyen is America's integrative dentist. He will provide you with a weekly show to help you overcome, fix, and deal with some of your most serious health issues. The ironic thing is that most of the advice and tools he provides will not necessarily focus on your mouth. Dr. Pascal has built the nation's leading dental practice for treating general health-related issues by treating the mouth. Patients come from all over the world to have their ongoing health issues healed, and Dr. Pascal will do the same for you. Welcome to the Dr. Pascal Podcast. All right, welcome to the Dr. Pascal Podcast. Um, Today, I get the opportunity to talk with Dr. Pascal Nguyen, who is America's integrative dentist. Um, Dr. Pascal is practicing in the Portland, Oregon metro area. And today, we're going to be talking about um, the gut-mouth relationship. And um, Dr. Pascal has, um, you know, you have experience with patients who've come in and, and uh, you've been able to help them learn about their, um, you know, issues that they're having in their mouth, but you've taken a step further and connected that to their, uh, to their gut. So today we want to learn a little more about this. So first of all, um, what can you tell us why how, the gut and the mouth are two separate areas on the body? How or why are they connected? Right. So one um, kind of misconception or sad truth is that um, as dentists, we've become very focused on just treating the mouth individually without the connection to the rest of the body. And um, the microbiome, for example, the, you know, we're all familiar with probiotics or the biome that's in our gut. It comes from the mouth. You know, when you think about it, um, the digestive system starts at the mouth and, you know, it goes to the stomach and the intestine, etc. It's all the same tube. It's all the same, you know. So the bacteria, the microbiome, would actually travel up and down the tube. And so they're completely connected. So if you have a mouth that has a bad microbiome, you'll have a bad microbiome in your gut and vice versa. Wow. You keep using this word microbiome. So if we break this up, do, are you just saying that just means bacteria or like what, what, what does this word mean? Can you talk a bit more yeah, about sure. microbiome? Microbiome is really an entire universe of bacteria that we have in our gut. Most of it is in our gut, but we have some in our mouth as well. And they are a huge, huge, huge part of how we process food, how we absorb food. Um, They connect directly to the brain via the vagus nerve and send information. Something like if you feed, if you have a big meal or if you have a meal that has a lot of sugar, the bacteria will send information to the brain asking for more of that or more of the sugar. It makes you hungry, you know, for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they come from the mouth, they're connected, and they have an effect on your entire body. The immune system as well, and um, yeah. Wow. So, um, wow. So a, an entire universe <laughs> inside your body. That's really that's really um, profound. So how, how does this relate to your... Um, field in dentistry and particularly the kind of dentistry you practice, you know, holistically minded. 
Right. So there's a few examples that I have of like certain problems that people come to me with that um, are not explained by just looking at them out on its own. For example, um, we have routinely patients that have impeccable hygiene. They're very conscious of their health. They eat super well. You cannot explain cavities with hygiene or sugar. And then what? You know, and then they get scolded because, you know, the dentist will say, you're not brushing and they just don't believe them. But in reality, a cavity is demineralization of the tooth. And as soon as the pH drops below 6.8 for a certain amount of time, demineralization can start and then cavity sets in. And one of the ways that can happen is if your digestion isn't working properly, um, acid in your stomach isn't made. If acid isn't made, acidity is what controls the valves that keep food in the stomach. So high acidity closes those valves. Um, there's two valves that keep the stomach content in, in there. Mm-hmm. There's the sp- uh, cardiac sphincter and the pyloric sphincter. And those will just slightly remain open if the acidity is not high enough. So for example, um, if someone's constantly stressed, if they're constantly in, in sympathetic, um, digestion is slowed or shut down because you're in fight flight mode. So there's not acid being produced. The body's like, I'm not gonna, you know, go in digestion mode. We're in fight flight here. I got to fight for my life run for my life or whatever it is, which if that's happening all the time, then um, less acidity is being made, less acid means the sphincters, the the valves stay open, and then acid can kind of trickle out of the stomach and come back in the mouth. Not necessarily something you'll feel Mm -hmm. or taste, but enough that it can drop the acidity level below 6.8 and if you do that for a significant amount of time you can see in the mouth like the tongue will protect certain areas Mm -hmm. and where it doesn't protect the acid will go and then you can see either erosion or decay start in those areas wow and then if you keep you know fixing those fillings um or just you know well that's what we normally do tell the patients to brush more it doesn't stop the process and then even if you do new fillings, they'll go bad too. So So how do we fix that? I mean, it sounds like, you know, when 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 I think about, you know, traditionally having um acid reflux, um, you know, one of the things that uh we're t- we're typically um, you know, the advertising will have us uh take take um medication that will help us to reduce the acid, right? So right. that so you're saying that's that could create a situation where the acid goes even lower and is stimulating this. Um... Right. <clears throat> so when you have heartburns or uh-huh. you know, acids coming back up, if you put something that drops the acid even further, uh-huh. um, it's just going to perpetuate the problem. You're not hmm. fixing the root cause of why you're feeling heartburn. So heartburn. skip the antacids. 
skip the antacid and actually, you know, I mean, there's several causes, so you need to check with your doctor what the cause is, but you can check, for example, your body's ability to make the proper amount of acid by doing what's called a birth test. So you've all heard of the experiment where you make a volcano, you know, in high school or... Or elementary or even, elementary, right? Elementary, <laughs> you know, and that basically the recipe is uh, baking soda with vinegar. And yeah. the reaction makes, you know, fizzy bubbles mm -hmm. and the volcano erupts. Mm -hmm. So if we have acid or the vinegar, it's not vinegar in our stomach, but we have the acid. And if you take a quarter spoon, quarter teaspoon of baking soda first thing in the morning... So digestion, you know, is kind of a basic level. Mm. You count the um, time that it takes for you to get a good burp. And if it's not three minutes, you're not making enough acid. Wow. So that gives you a hint that, you know, the digestion isn't working properly. What you do then, you know, you, of course, you have to see your doctor and figure out why, you know, it's not functioning properly. Um, but typically, if it's just because you're in a sympathetic overdrive, you know, always in a stress mode, um, sometimes you can actually take acid tablet, hydrochloric acid tablet. Those are sold over the counter. So that makes your stomach more acid and boom, that will close, you know, the valve. So again, there's other reasons sometimes, but it gives you a different clue because now if you're getting that acid always come back up, you don't fix that, you'll keep getting cavities. And it changes the environment too because the acid, you know, will kill bacteria and change the microbiome in your mouth. Thank you for sharing that, doctor. That's really, um, I mean, that's something that uh, um, I haven't typically heard before, right? The connection between stomach acid and, uh, and cavities. Yes. Um, all right. So, um, so you've talked about the microbiome and uh, I, I wonder, do you have any other patients that you could talk about or, you know, experiences with patients who have been um, experiencing something going on in their mouth and you've, you've been able to make that um, um, connection that it probably had something to do with the, with the gut. Right. So there, there's also another um, type of infection in the mouth the, we call the gum disease, periodontal disease. Um, that is also connected to the gut, you know, because the gut, of course, has the same, you know, it communicates via the, you know, the, the, the microbiome that can come back and forth, you know. Um, but again, we have patients that come with gum disease and they have perfect hygiene yet um, we see that the degeneration keeps going and going and typically the solution for that you know like so patients will come and they can either have some pain there or but a lot of times the frustration is that they're doing everything perfect and then they still get scolded by their dentist because um, the, the the condition is progressing and yet they're they're taking all the precautions that, that, that are going on. So gum disease is a very good example of that as well. And um, what, we'll, what we would do for that is um, typically we would check which kind of bacteria are involved. Um, and, how, and how do you do that? Can you just look in the mouth and sort of assess or? No, we, we would um, do a, a DNA test where we'd take a saliva sample 
and get all the species found and how much of them there are. We're interested in species that cause gum disease and the species that protect against gum disease. So we can find that out and then we can tailor a solution for that, which would not just be, you know, the cleaning and scaling, you know, kind of scraping the teeth. It would be like, if there's a lot of really bad bacteria, we would probably have um, some kind of um, antibiotic. You know, we don't like to use antibiotic, but when the situation um, is necessary, then it's a good intervention. We just want to be careful because again, it affects the gut, but sometimes it's so bad that's the only thing that would help. Um, but oftentimes we'll um, prescribe some home care because these problems happen every day. Even if you get a super great cleaning at the dentist, it's once, maybe every three months at most. Uh, but as soon as the patient goes back home, those bacteria come back. So our approach is not to wipe everything. We're not trying to, you know, kind of nuke or napalm the entire uh, microbiome in the mouth, we're trying to eliminate the bad ones. And typically the bad ones um, do not like oxygen. So we have therapies where you can have high oxygen concentration in the areas that are problematic. And that doesn't kill the bad, the good bacteria, it just kills the good ones. And then we'll work on re-inoculating the mouth with the good bacteria. So we're constantly pushing out the bad guys and bringing in good guys. And it's more a battle of that rather than taking everything out. Okay. So how, if a patient, um, you know, if you decide a patient needs to have this, um, you're talking about like oxygen therapy. So what, what does a patient do? Um, is this home cared or do they, are they coming into the office for this for a period of time? Right. So it depends on the severity, but for sure when they need to come because there are some things only professionals can take out. Mm -hmm. um, and when they do come, you know, we have the patients rent with, with high oxygen water. We use ozone in our office for that. Um, we'll frequently use a laser because the laser will um, send one wave of energy to disinfect in, in the areas directly where it is. Um, and also will stimulate the gum so it can start healing and it can promote what's called reattachment of the gum to the bone and reduce the pockets. Um, and home regimen, home care is a really, really big deal. Most of our patients are very, very educated. They're very good with hygiene. It's just a matter of using the right things. So we'll often have them get um, an ozone generator, which you can purchase for like $40, $50. Okay. And they can make a custom homemade um, mouth rinse that, um, again, is high in oxygen and just promotes um, disinfection of the bad bacteria and keeping the good ones. Um, we'll um, have them gargle, rinse their mouth with, um, a special probiotic that has a formula that just has all the good ones and, you know, re-inoculate the mouth as soon as we disinfected it with the good ones. Um, and then we'll, we'll often supplement um, with some vitamin D, you know, omegas and things that like promote health of the gum to reinforce from the inside out as well. 
Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, doctor. You, you've talked a lot about, um, you know, rinsing with the mouth. So I just, just as a, as a side note. So what about a, a commercial mouth rinse? Like typically, um, we see advertised to, you know, swish with the mouth rinse to get rid of, um, help with bad breath or help with mm-hmm. bacteria in the mouth. So would this be recommended for a patient? Not by me. Okay, sure. <laughs> so Why not? a couple of things. First of all, most of them has fluoride. Fluoride is just not bad, not good. It's goes to the nerve. It's a neurotoxin. You don't want to use that. Um, second, those are just killing everything. They're not like selective to what they reduce. Mm. Um, so when you goggle with that, you'll just kill the good and the bad ones. And you know, if you're not re-inoculating too, um, most of the time the bad ones will, um, just start reflourishing instead. Um, there's actually a study that showed we have in our mouth bacteria that help produce nitric oxide. Mm. They're good ones. And when you use a regular mouth rinse, it kills those. And nitric oxide promotes um, peripheral vascular circulation. So they took healthy college students and they had a group with no mouth rinse and a group with mouth rinse, and they just followed their their blood pressure for two weeks, and only changing mouth rinse, commercial mouth rinse, increased blood pressure after two weeks. All right. So I don't recommend. It. <laughs> so you don't recommend. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That's um. I will take note of this. <laughs> Stay away from commercial mouth wounds. All right, so um, you know, so here we're looking at. Um, you've talked about gum disease. You've talked about cavities. Um, I'm wondering, um, you know, sometimes patients come into the office, um, you know, and have work done, and you've talked about like bite adjustments for them. Um, would the would the bacteria have anything to do with the jaw positioning or with a with a bite i mean is is there anything connected there yeah so a big component like we talked a bit earlier about the sympathetic Mm -hmm. um is a it's a part of our autonomic system which is the system that controls automatically some of the functions of the body going on and there's two sides to that one side is um, the sympathetic, which is fight flight, you know, you're ready, your pupils dilate, the mus, the, the blood is diverted to muscles so you can run and fight and survive. When you're survival mode, it's not digestion mode, it's not um, rebuilding, it's not detoxing and all these regular daily functions, which is the parasympathetic. So there are conditions where there are stressors coming from the mouth which increase um, sympathetic, which um, could lead to sympathetic overdrive. But when your bite is off, it's a stressor. You bite more, there's nerves in your teeth, there's you know, nerves that goes to, to the jaw and, and you know, go back to the brain. And when those are constantly stimulated, it fires off the sympathetic nervous system and so a clenching a constant clenching or from a bite that is off can 
put you in a stress mode that's very similar to you seeing a seeing a tiger and being scared all the time which you know will affect your digestion and can lead to congestion you know like when it's not working properly um it could do what we talked about earlier where you get a little bit of acid reflux but another example of those valves not closing and the leaking leakage kind of causing problems is SIBO small what does in- SIBO? sorry go ahead yeah um, SIBO is basically um small intestine bacterial overgrowth which is the bacteria um, leaking from one part of the intestine to uh, another part the colon and that is just causing growth of bacteria that shouldn't be in that area and a lot of people suffer from this and it's a condition that's like difficult to treat but you can trace part of its origin in the digestion not working properly parasympathetic not you know being um, functioning properly because you're in sympathetic overdrive and that can come or part of it can come from a clenching issue so we had a patient who came to us because one of the things she was complaining about is she had a metallic taste mm-hmm. um, she went to see three dentists because she had a bridge made and she just felt it was wrong it was short the bite was off and she had a metallic taste and she had an earache and um when you look at the work you know as a dentist goes like we call them the margin how the crown fits to the teeth it was perfect cosmetically it looked really good although the teeth did look short and when you made the patient bite you know it seemed like everything was equal but really um, the teeth were short and it's just that on that side the bite kind of collapsed and it was causing more pressure on the, her joint here okay. which is why she had like you know kind of ear pain um, so we removed the bridge using a safe method because there's a lot of times there's cadmium and other like not very good metals in those you know metal bridges um, and then um, we adjusted her bite so that the bite was correct for her joints and then um, you know she came back after a few months and she was crying because first it worked um, she felt the bite was correct she didn't have any more ear pain she didn't have that metal taste anymore um, but mostly like she was fighting so much with even her family about you know what was going on and everybody would say you know not you're crazy but like we don't believe you essentially you know like and she was vindicated you know like it's yes there was something wrong and now it's fixed see i told you <laughs> type of wow. thing you know they were telling yeah. her it was all in her head yeah and very literally it was in her head correct right? yes it was <laughs> yeah. but you know it wasn't in in her brain it was You're really right. you know in in the mouth what she said was off yeah wow yeah so e- even something that is um um like having to do with with the bite of the teeth can impact um, the mouth gut connection. Correct. Yeah. Some other examples of of these kinds of connections mm-hmm. are um, jawbone infections or root canals 
that are failing. So how do, how do you get a jawbone infection? I mean, like I'm feeling my jaw right now and I don't feel anything. And how, how would someone yeah. know they have a jawbone infection? Yeah, uh, well, how you can get them is there's two major ways. Um, the first one is when a tooth is extracted, the tooth uh, root is attached to the bone inside the jawbone by little elastics we call ligaments. So immunologically, like your, your body recognizes those little elastics as your own. So it won't attack it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, so when you take a tooth out, those are supposed to be cleaned. So removed, scraped off, brushed off, you know, disinfected. And if they're not completely, if it, that's not completely done, um, the mouth is not a sterile environment. The bacteria from the mouth will go back in there and your body may or may not clean it or you know remove the bacteria the grown the bone will just um, grow back um, on top of that close it off and then you're left with a little focus of um, bacterial infection in the jawbone it's a very low grade infection so you know typically people don't have pain but sometimes it happens mm -hmm. um, we usually will find that by symptoms what like other things that patients are looking for because these infections can travel in the body. Um, so what are some symptoms that you would, that patients would talk about that you would know? You just said, well, yeah, they won't have symptoms directly there, okay. but they'll be working on cleaning or healing other diseases. Uh -huh. uh, it could be Lyme. It could be uh, um, um, immune problems, mast cell activations, allergies, um, sometimes it's headaches, um, low energy, um, and you know, a patient. So we get a lot of patients that have looked at. They've gone through regular doctors, then naturopaths, and chiropractors, and tried all kinds of things, and mm -hmm. you know, they come to the conclusion that you know until those are cleaned off, the rest of the things won't heal. So we look on, I look on the x-ray, I have um, uh, an x-ray that's 3D because regulars, regular x-rays won't, won't find that. Um, sometimes people call those a cone beam or a CT scan, but essentially we can go in thousands of layers and see very precisely where bone density is low. And if bone density is low, that's not normal. And then, um, we um, we surmise that it's it's uh, a jawbone infection that people oftentimes are called cavitations. Okay. Another reason that can happen. So we talked about you know teeth being extracted and the socket not being cleaned properly, is that um, in dentistry we like to use anesthetic that contains adrenaline. So why do we put adrenaline in all these anesthetic? Is because it reduces blood flow. And we want bl blood flow to be reduced because anesthetic will stay there longer and it'll work a little bit better. But, um, and also it reduces bleeding when we do sur surgery. So there's less blood, um, you know, flow or coming out. But what does that mean? You're putting adrenaline and reducing blood flow to that area, sometimes for two, three, four hours. What if I squeezed one of your fingers really tight and it becomes blue because there's no blood flow for two, three, four hours? Do you think your finger would be happy? 
Um, probably not. Right. <laughs> probably so not. It, you're, you're kind of making the bone die. And if you do that repeatedly, you know, like when people get work time and time over with that adrenaline time and time over, especially if there's an infection, that can also explain why people have these cavitations or focal of dead bone or infection in the jawbone. Wow. So, so how, how um, in, in your office, how do you treat the, the, the jawbone infection or the cavitation then? Right. So once, this, this is trying to help them restore to health again. Yeah, of course. So essentially, it's a surgery. We have to, you know, reopen. I make a, a, a little incision in the gum. We cut a little window in the bone. And then we have a, a very strict protocol to um, take out the content. So we want the bulk of, of um, the dead kind of bonish. And we'll find all kinds of... Um, ways that the bone has died from waxy black reddish surface you know substance to yellowish fatty tissue uh, sometimes we find particles of of metal that were left behind sometimes we'll find you know pieces of tooth that weren't extracted properly so you know first we remove um, everything very thoroughly um, and then after that we go into disinfection mode and so we'll use um, a laser that sends uh, um, waves of energy. They're like micro explosions that send the wave. They're actually called implosions because they create like a bubble. When it implodes, it sends that energy in, mm -hmm. but that seeps deeper into the bone and the bacteria don't like that, but the body does. That's actually energy that stimulates healing. So we do that for a preset amount of time in a water solution that contains ozone so that further promotes a disinfection and healing and then we'll actually send um, very high concentration of ozone gas it's like fumigating for parasites bad bacteria and again you know it goes places where in in that area that that you know you couldn't do with just kind of rinsing which is what is normally done um, and then we'll rinse with a solution of what's called PRP, PRF, uh, platelet-rich fibrin. Um, and we mix that with a little bit of antibiotic. You know, antibiotic's not good when it affects the gut. But when we mix it with that, with just a little bit, it just does its thing inside the area there without affecting the gut. Um, and the PRF is a concentrate of your blood. So a good way to think about that is imagine you've got to cut on your skin um, as soon as the blood comes in contact with the air the oxygen from the cut a whole chain of reaction starts happening where the body will send things there to stop the bleeding the platelets will go there fight infections so a lot of um, you know mediators for you know fighting infection and repairing make sure pathogens don't go in will go there you'll get um, Particles that will stimulate rebuilding of blood vessels, you know, angiogenesis and all these things. Well, when, when we draw your blood and spin it, we get all that concentrated and we don't have to wait until that reaction happens. We put that in there in a way that it, it stays there and it just speeds up everything and increases 
uh, healing and reduces risks of infection. And then um, we, we close up. Um, our patients will have been on a um, regimen of supplements. Uh, when they come, um, I like to have them on vitamin C, um, IV, so that it boosts the immune system, but also promotes rebuilding of collagen and elastogen. And so it's really good for healing. They'll go home and use red light therapy that goes like from the skin to the inside and also um, upregulate the cells so they can function better and function better in that area means better healing. Wow, that's impressive. Um, it sounds like there's, uh, you know, if patients think that something is getting in the way of a healing of, um, you know, dealing with allergies or other infections or other mm -hmm. um other symptoms they're having, um, talking to uh, uh, their provide their dentist. Mm -hmm. You know, you you could help them um, if if they figure out if they're a good candidate for this cavitation surgery, and and get help. Um, so this this has been a good talk about the the connection between the gut and the and the uh, mouth doctor. Um, can you tell us or tell our our listeners what? What steps can they take to take better care of their microbiome um, mm -hmm. to support it in case they do need to have some dental work done or you know mm -hmm. working with their doctor? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so you know because my approach is holistic, mm -hmm. take care of the whole body. Um, I'm a big big believer in taking care of the microbiome. You know. Um, I will typically generally make recommendations that include um, restoring the microbiome. There's a notion that um, taking probiotics is um, good to take care of your microbiome, but um, in reality, it's not enough. You can think of that as like if someone destroy the forest like uh, napalm the forest or bomb the forest um, and you want to reintroduce the animals even if you put a bunch of animals which would be the probiotics if they don't have anything to heat eat or if they don't have a place to live they won't survive so if we take a bunch of probiotics we can take them all day and take the most expensive one um, a super high quality and this and that but if they don't have the food that they need and the environment that they need um it's not a waste of money it's still good but it's it's not going to work as well as we think it's doing um i don't test for the microbiome in the gut but it's it's a good thing to do if you have an opportunity because you can nowadays get like a dna test of exactly what microbiome you have what 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 kind of flora you have and what kind of flora you need and then you can adjust it that way mm -hmm. but typically the answer is very similar um, so I work with a couple of companies that make fantastic regimens of probiotic prebiotic and sometimes mucosal repair so um, I highly recommend that people get on that mm -hmm no matter where they're at. I mean, there's some people who are good, but it's, it's really, really rare. And taking good care of that will make a huge difference. So getting on that, 
um, you know, some things are kind of logical, like lots of greens, lots of fibers. Um, I would tack on to that um, live fermented food. So I'm a big believer in kimchi and sauerkraut. My kids know like it's on the table and it's just become a reflex for them. But half a cup of one of those every day um, has like an incredible amount, like it's in the hundreds of billions of mm. um, you know probiotics mm. and the cabbage are the food that they eat. So they come with the prebiotic. Okay. So it's really, really good. Um, you have to do your basic exercise. If you don't do some exercise, did you know that um, sitting down, sedentary lifestyle is the new cigarette? Really? Yes. Huh. So you must exercise. Um, walking and exercise like that is better than sitting. So for sure, you know, but um, I'm a big believer in some kind of resistance training mm -hmm. and um, you know your muscles will grow that tells you they send um, messengers we call cytokines in the case of weight training or resistance training they're called myokines and they're essentially a message to your body saying you know let's not like let ourselves die anymore because we're still being used we're still useful so it's a big deal you have to f make sure you sleep right you know, in a very short summary, you have to have a good sleep hygiene. Know how much sleep you should have. Everybody should have at least six, but more between seven and eight, and it should be good quality. So if you can, track it, but at least start winding down before. So a good sleep hygiene. You don't want to be watching blue light things. So phones, self, you know, TV, iPads, all that, like two hours before bed will reduce your production of melatonin and not only will you have a harder time going to sleep but once you sleep it will not be as deep so sleep hygiene is a big deal make a big ceremony out of that make sure like you know how you know when you'll go to sleep it takes about an hour to wind down before you actually go to sleep so prepare all that make sure environment is, is as dark as possible cooler in the night is better and then um, do that routinely. So eating well, exercising, sleeping. And then the other thing I would, I would add to that is um, stress. So just being mindful that, you know, some stress is good, but constant stress is just gonna keep you in sympathetic overdrive. Cortisol levels will go up um, and that will cause, you know, you to not recover, digest, rebuild. Um, change you know your floor and things like that um, some very very quick free hacks for that would be to meditate um, I, I really like uh, TM meditation for transcendental meditation because it calms down the four uh, brain waves where some of the other ones just focus on one or two um, meditations free yeah. you know um, first thing last thing is really good um, and then a breathing exercise. So for example, um, a Wim type, Wim Hof type exercise where you just inhale a lot of oxygen and train your body to carry it, you know, to all the parts of your body. Uh, first thing in the morning after uh, meditation will really like, 
send that oxygen to a lot of places and that helps a lot of things heal so those are like some things you can do to um, improve like your microbiome your health in general and support your microbiome and how it connects yeah absolutely that's excellent well doctor are there any last um, bits of advice that you would that you would give to a patient anything that they should um, you know look for be aware of want to be mindful of um, to know when to check in with with their you know local holistic dentist yeah I mean um, I would say you know like uh, an, an exam that can check for all these things is a really big deal, like a dental exam. Um, definitely there's a connection with your, your mouth, gut, your mouth, body, and vice versa. And, um, you know, if you don't figure those out, you'll, you know, keep dealing with the symptoms. Um, and And there's some of us who who can you know find those things and treat um the mouth and the patient as a whole person not just like teeth that you have to drill and fill excellent well thank you for sharing your information today about the um gut mouth connection and um i i know that you do have patients who who come from all over and so if if someone listening you know isn't sure where to turn or or where to find help. I know that they can reach out mm -hmm. to you, um, you know, come, come in visit and you would be able to help, help them understand their, uh, microbiome and their mouth body connection. Um, so thanks for listening to the Dr. Pascal podcast today. And we look forward to talking with you next time. Thank you, Melinda.